Welcome to episode 248 of Sports Geek. On this week's episode, I chat digital and commercialization with South Sydney Rabbitohs' Ben Clink. Welcome to Sports Geek, the podcast built for sports digital and sports business professionals. And now, here's your host who has just passed a big milestone, Sean Callanan. Thanks, DJ Joel. Yes, my name is Sean Callanan. And yes, we did recently pass a, a big milestone, 400,000 downloads. Um, you, obviously, are one of those people who downloaded, so thank you very much. Uh, you can find me on most social media channels, Sean Callanan on most things. Um, and if you want to contact me the old-fashioned way, uh, you can send me an email, sean at sportsgeekhq.com. Uh, thank you if you found the podcast uh, via Sports Geek HQ or from your favourite podcast platforms, or if you found it by our recent uh, Money in Esports series, uh, which was a repeat and a bit of a replay, a mini-series of our Money in Esports series uh, event that we ran in Sydney. Um, I hope you enjoyed that. I hope it wasn't too intense getting five episodes in five days. The early response has been good and the response from the event's been good. So again, if you want to learn a little bit more about the world of esports, uh, check out that Money in Esports series. Uh, before I get into my conversation with Ben Clink, where we discuss the digital and commercialization journey uh, of the South Sydney Rabbitohs and effectively look at, I guess, what became the digital to dollars process. Just want to talk a little bit about the consulting work that we're doing, um, that we are doing with clients like the South Sydney Rabbitohs, uh, whether it be education and training and bringing digital staff up to speed on on things like advertising, uh, content, uh, content brainstorming or optimizing for particular uh, particular platforms. But as we discuss in this, in this podcast, uh, a lot of our work is around helping sports commercialize their assets and helping the commercial teams uh, commercialize their assets as we have a uh, a fire engine going down Church Street. Hopefully you did not hear that, but that's okay. We will press on. Uh, so, yeah, so if you're interested in that kind of uh, that kind of assistance and you need help in that space, please uh, reach out, sean at sportsgeekhq.com or if you really just want to kick off and want something a little bit of a taster, uh, you can go to and, and book a Pick My Brain session. Just go to sportsgeekhq.com slash pickmybrain uh, for a two-hour consult and we dive in on your issues it's a really good starter to figure out how how we can help you um but now let's get into my chat with ben clink from the south sydney rabbitohs Uh, very happy to be here in a, uh, a sunny Sydney, or at least sunnier than Melbourne. I'm here at uh, Rabbitohs headquarters. I'm here with Ben Clink, the head of digital for the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Sean. How are you, mate? I'm good. I'm good. We're here in the uh, the Rabbitohs boardroom, surrounded by history in the in the boardroom itself, and overlooking the pitch. And the boys are on the training track in the throes of the last few weeks of the NRL season. Mm. Um, it's recently been renamed. What's the what's the training fi- field yeah, now? It's the uh, Metricon High Performance Center. That you know, traditional Redfern Oval with a bit of a an upgrade in the last little while. But you know, proud partners Metricon putting their name to that and helping the boys get around the park. Terrific. So, first of all, it's not my normally my opening question. How did how did you find yourself here? How did you get your way into sports? Uh, 
mate, I, I, cold calling basically. Yeah. Um, I, I just got a gig in the building while I was at university trying to flog memberships. Just, yep. Just on the phones the way that we did back then and just ringing up people in the early days of membership trying to explain what it was, it, or early days in membership in rugby league anyway. And yep. Explain what it was and um, get them in the door. So that was my baptism at, at the Rabbitohs. So, uh, effectively sales, which yeah. is it's common, you know, especially for the US listeners, like that is the entry point. Yeah. Like, you know, you, you uh, one of the things I always see is uh, inside sales, yeah. right? Inside sales, which is, you know, the – US friends would know that. That's someone inside the stadium trying to sell a ticket or a ticket for another game or a membership to someone who's already at the game. Yeah, sure. And it's just the entry point. And for you know, for Australia, um, yeah, membership is is the not the easiest entry, but it's the place that mm. uh, uh, so much revenue comes from. And and you're right. So for for the people who don't know, uh, the Rabbitohs are one of the oldest and most prestigious NRL teams, but also one of the first that uh, sort of push really hard in the membership space, yeah. sort of following, you know, the cousins from down south, the AFL clubs that have done membership for a little bit longer, you guys really led the way. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, it was it was born out of necessity, really. We we sort of don't have the traditional, I guess, rugby league backing of a leagues club. And, um, you know, when Russell took over the club, um, one of the first things he did was remove the poker machines. And, uh, you know, one of the things I guess that it did is it really made us think about our business model and, built some sort of austerity into all of that and so we had to sharpen up and membership was I know Richo he's not not a GM of football here now but at the CEO at the time Shane Richardson he's not worried about stealing ideas wherever he can and um, he picked that one up from the AFL and we really spearheaded that in rugby league at the time and it became you know the foundation of what we do and still is the foundation of what we do you know as a commercial business. So what type, how many gigs did you have or what did you do inside the Rabbitohs till you got to the world of digital? Mate, I did all of them just about. I, like I said, I started while I was at university, you know, getting a gig where I could a couple of days a week on the phones and that transitioned into a full-time sort of membership servicing role. And then I took off um, for a while, went overseas, travelled, um, spent some time again sort of cold calling for charity fundraisers and um, things like that, which is actually very similar to selling memberships because yep. you're selling sort of, you know, um, passion and goodwill and feel-good sort of story in that way. And then I came back, mate, I pounded the beat, did, um, you know, admin and facilities and things like that. I did, You know, one of the things working in footy clubs that I, I think people probably don't realise is you wear a lot of hats anyway, yep. you know, so... You know, membership people are game day people and they're, they're, half the time they're selling merchandise and, you know, upselling sponsors where they can. So once you're in the door, it's pretty exposed to a lot of things. And um, you're, ruining the, you're ruining the glamour of sports <laughs> business. Yeah. Like there's these you know, fresh-faced, uh, wet-behind-the-ears graduates that think it's all hanging out with players. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, but it is, it is funny when you, you know, Again, I know a lot of listeners will be nodding their heads when you say, you know, the amount of uh, marquees you've set up yeah. and booths you've uh, handed out and uh, envelopes you've packed. It's yeah. all part of the business, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely it is. I mean, that, I, that's a cool part of it anyway because you do get to experience lots of different things, especially, I mean, I, I, I've truly come through the ranks as a professional in, in sports the whole way. So, um, you know, it, it kind of in a lot of ways sort of, you know, fulfilled the need for me to be exposed to different things and sort of find my place within it. Um, you know, it led me and it led me to the digital space primarily through, I guess, ultimately the content creation and um, video production sort of side of things was my step into the whole commercial world of digital. So roundabout way to get to there, you know. It, 
It is. Like yeah. it is a, you know, uh, I'm always fascinated how people get to where they get to because especially and especially in the digital space that's that's been, you know, there's the com sort of angle, there's mm. the uh, the content, the editorial type people, yeah. there's people with the commercial focus, but you just sort of seen all different parts of the club. So what what did sort of pique your interest on the digital space and wanting to do it? Was it you as a consumer? Is you looking at other industries or? Uh, no, yeah, I mean it was driven I think, you know, just as a fan um, of the club and really from a storytelling space. I, like I, I didn't really, um, you know, I wasn't a big social media user or anything like that but, um, you know, I was, I was really I was really interested in the storytelling side of things and, um, I kind of felt like we had, we had an opportunity. I mean, again, I suppose we, we were um, pretty strong in that area early on through Russell's involvement. He had, you know, brought a little bit of Hollywood to the club and, and he For the really people who haven't got that. the reference so far, it's so, uh, yeah. Russell Crowe yeah. um, uh, for those who don't know. But uh, if you've listened to the podcast having uh, Blake, yeah. uh, CEO, previously on and, and Jez uh, previously on, um, yeah, t- told the story of Russell. But, yeah, obviously brings a bit of storytelling and uh, – uh, you know, uh, star power to, <laughs> yeah, exactly. to, to the Rabbitohs brand. Yeah, he did. He actually did, um, what was it called? It was the Southside Story. So the documentary that they ran, um, it was ran on broadcast here, which was basically like a um, like a hard knocks, um, yep. you know, in, in, in rugby league really early. And, um, you know, so he brought that and that just seemed to me that, you know, I could see the stories going around the club on a sort of daily basis and all of a sudden we had a medium to get that in front of people, um, and so I just sort of got involved in it from from that perspective to just you know to try to you know really put the stories the great stories that you know we get to see on a daily basis out there to as, as many people as possible. So, I want to talk to you a little bit about the work that you've been doing around the like, the commercialization yep. and yeah, your title, your full title, the one that's on LinkedIn, <laughs> um, is digital data and and, and insight. Yeah. So, where did yeah, where did that where did that start? What was your starting point for that piece? Yeah, well, it's. I mean, I think it's a common point for a, a lot of people in this space now. It really started with, you know, as a as a content f- um, focused person, managing channels and measuring myself based on how you know people were receiving that content, and then having the interaction with salespeople that you know was potentially what I felt damaging to that relationship. Yep. You, you know, so sitting in there um, creating all of that sort of stuff and then you need to drop that. You've got to do 10 tweets for a partner and thinking this is just going to kill, you know, my relationship that we've spent all this time building. So that's really where it came about. You know, I sort of started, uh, you know, agitating within the business and, um, you know, there was a a group of people I I suppose that did at the time around the fact that they're just mutually exclusive, those two things. And unless we can figure out a way to put all of that together to, um, to kind of make a group of people responsible for, like maintaining and building and maintaining that relationship with the audience on a daily basis and then sort of responsibly serving them commercial messages and understanding the commercial side of the business. And, again, it really comes back to what we, we still, even as, you know, creative content producers, had an eye on the fact that um, we needed to know where the paycheck was coming from because it wasn't coming, again, from poker machines, you know. It, it really came to that part we had to figure out, you know, what the next sort of membership was going to be or how we were going to do it and... Um, I, I got into this space from that front really saying that, you know, if we're going, we need to commercialise this space and we understand it, but we need to do it in a way that is responsible and it's not going to affect, you know, 
the daily relationship we have with people. Yep. And again, sort of goes back to your first gig because I remember the the first couple of things that we did was looking at the data and looking at what you had and saying, how can we sell more membership? How can we do the cheeks and the seats and diving in on, you know, these different audiences and getting an understanding and getting your team's understanding and, you know, being on that CRM journey, everyone's on the journey, (laughs) right, and and trying to connect those sources to to say, well, you you know, that commercialisation piece is really important. And so, like, how important has it been to get that, I guess, data mouse and and the data geeks to sort of dive in on what you've got? Yeah, it's huge, man. Look, I think... You know, the other, the biggest factor in all of this that I probably should have mentioned just before was um, Blake Solly took over the club. Blake came from um, previously working in the Super League in the UK, which was obviously, you know, deep behind enemy lines over there as a, you know, very small sport with a very passionate following, but really up against it. And so again, they had sort of like that, they had to have that toughness about them where they needed to look for any opportunity. So he'd overseen, you know, a pretty successful, um, you know, fan engagement and data process from a league perspective. Um, And so it was a real priority for him to bring it back. So he actually made um, some really key hires for us um, uh, around Vicky, who's who's a head of insights here. And she came, you know, from a lot of experience, um, you know, working in market research and and some pretty um, tough industries. And that really immediately brought some some nous to the business around that whole sort of space. So um, it was probably driven primarily by Blake. Um, and I guess it's and- good for him because, again, coming from um, Super League and being small small fish in big yeah, ponds yeah. and coming to the Rabbitohs, which has got a large digital and in real life fan base yep. and going, oh, wow, what can we do with this? What can we do with this kind of fan base with these kind of tools and, mm. and strategies? Yeah, absolutely. But, again, I think – that, that commonality of feeling like you had, you had to do something, you really had, to, you know, you're sort of back against that. Even you mentioned it earlier today, we were talking about it. The reality of the Sydney sports market is being so competitive in the first place. So, you know, the Rabbitohs are, you know, an exceptional brand, but um, they're in a tough market similarly to the Super League, I suppose. So um, there was a lot of stuff that he could bring over that was directly comparable. Yeah, again, to, to set the scene, you know, we're in Sydney. Um, there's multiple NRL teams. Mm. How many? So nine? Yeah, nine. Nine yeah, NRL teams. Yeah, uh, nine NRL teams. You've got a couple of uh, cricket teams. Mm. You've got, a you know, basketball teams. You've got a couple of AFL teams also here. Yep. So it makes for a really competitive uh, market for the fan, for the fan entertainment dollar, yep. um, that kind of thing. So it becomes something that you've got to be, you know, savvier in, in understanding that piece. So you started, I guess, started from that data point of view and started shoring up, mm. understanding your data. You still had your content hat yep. on, yep. looking at your content, looking at the analytics, looking at what, strat- uh, you know, your channel strategies, mm. how are we tackling these different channels and, you know, and pretty much is a little bit of – so what were some of the, like, early wins in that space of – what you were focusing on there uh, in the in the data space, I, I really feel like the the big breakthrough for us um, that kind of accelerated where we're getting to now was the structural change that we put in place. So, so our our digital team, um, you know, has that remit across both those areas. So we're responsible for building the relationship and commercial commercialising the relationship digitally. So 
that I, I mentioned that earlier, that, that didn't exist. And once we put those things under the same umbrella and they weren't mutually exclusive anymore, we could start genuinely looking for solutions for both of those things. Because it's common, like the, the silos is yeah. pretty common, yeah, right? Sure. And and it becomes, you know, and I've joked about the digital divorce counsellor, yeah, right, which yeah. is, you know, played part in, in here um, and in other places. But then once you're owning all of that piece of the puzzle, yeah. um, it, you you can, you know, have that focus and that's, you know, it's one of your drivers. Yeah, and, and you just start to genuinely see that it's symbiotic anyway. I mean, you stop having, um, you know, whatever those barriers are to um, that are exclusive and, and focus more on the things that are in common around, um, you know, how having, you know, obviously it seems really simple to say, but having more successful content, you know, is going to lead to more successful commercial outcomes. Yeah. Um, and so therefore you need to protect, you know, that whole thing in the first place. Uh, you know, it just removes a lot of that friction, I think. And from a, like, uh, data and CRM journeys and the like, what, yeah. what does your tech stack look like? What are some of the tools that are part of, I guess, your repertoire and your team's really leaning on? Yeah, look, it's, it's the we're, we're definitely, um, you know, on a journey in that space, you know, it's, it's certainly not an area that we've got right. You know, the, the challenging thing um, for a club, I think, in, in, at least in the NRL, is that we, we, for so long we didn't own a lot of that relationship, uh, you know, in terms of supply, things like ticketing. Obviously we don't own those relationships and even in the past our network's been outsourced to major partners and things like that. So, um, you know, the last couple of years has really been about from a league perspective, consolidating all of that and trying to um, trying to remove some of those third parties so that we can um, start to drive some outcomes. But you know, like everybody else, mate, we've taken a lot of bumps and bruises along the way to get to that point, and um, we're still um, we're still you know trying to get to that area. But what we've what we've tried to do is you know just look, I guess, for the opportunities within what we can deliver that have a real outcome. You know, so I think we've been pretty successful in. In you know making ensuring that our practices around data and um, you know lead to an outcome for it, whether it be a partner or whether it be you know influencing our content strategy or um, so you know we've been I think really proactive in using what we've got available to us um, you know all the while understanding that we've got a long way to go I think to to get to whatever that nirvana is of you know customer understanding and data and all yeah. of those sorts of things you know and so from a um, from a channels point of view and yeah. from a you know platforms point of view um, for a long time it's you know it's been the, the the big three so to speak of Facebook and Insta and, and Twitter yeah um, wh- you know where's your uh, head at and where are the rabbitos at across I guess those three and yeah you know what are you looking at in the in the other category, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, we're, we're one of the main things we're trying to do is diversify across that sort of area. And, I mean, we've traditionally been pretty strong focus on Facebook and we still do. I mean, um, but, you know, we've, you know we've, been, we've launched a you know, messenger bot in the last 12 months and we've really been trying to drive our focus towards, you know, Facebook Messenger as a, as a platform to get in front of people and, um, you know, sort of making sure that we have multiple touch points across those areas to be wherever they need us to be, I suppose, with, yeah. with whatever the message is. Um, so that's a little bit different because, I mean, again, that, that changes the focus from us just having a big number. Yeah. You, you know what I mean? That's where we were. It was just we wanted to be, uh, you know, I think we're the, we've got the, the third or fourth highest overall following on, you know, on, on um, Facebook in particular out of the NRL clubs outside of, you know, 
um, like the Warriors and, you know, some of those sort of big catchment area teams, you know. Um, but we, we, that's, we, that's not what we're focusing on at all. It's just how many times can we um, get in front of someone on whatever channel where they are. So, so on that, and it's an, uh, to me it's an important point because like I do come into, into clubs and you'll see like the membership number on the wall and yeah. you'll, see, you'll see the sponsorship number on the wall and you'll see the Facebook number, yeah, like yeah. number on the wall. Yeah. And it's not a real true representation and it can – you know, skew the whole organisation. It can also skew the digital team. Yeah. So for someone that's diving in on the analytics, whether it's Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or whatever, what's what do you give your team to say? Hey, this is what we're this is what we're chasing, or this is what good looks like for us. Yeah. Well, most of all of our measurements around engagement. It's a, it's it's more about cut through than volume, right? Yep. It's about. Um, I, I think the value of sport, you know you know, before digital always has been the fact that people stop and pay attention, right? It's a pretty simple um, thing. You know, people take the time out of their day to stop whatever they were doing to turn and have a look at what you're doing. And our, I think our value in digital is the same. And, you know, in a space where, you know, anyone can get a message in front of anybody now just about, you know, um, you know, what we, what we try to make sure is that when we put something out, people stop and pay attention to it and, and to really maintain that. So then the challenge is how do you... I guess appropriately know, hey, did it work? Yeah. When the algorithm changes right, and yeah. the bits change, and you're like, we're chasing, you know, we're chasing this because this is what's working, and this is what's, and then Zuck changes a lever, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, and and it changes. So how do you, you know, because it's the work might be the same, you follow the same yeah. process, and it's not getting the same result. Yeah. How do you manage the team and and I guess follow those twists and turns? Yeah, you change, mate. Really, I think that's what it's about. I always I, I sort of talk to like, you know, what what do I think makes a good sort of digital employer, a digital citizen, and that's it, just someone who's going to learn. I think is the most important thing because you know you you come in. I come into the office tomorrow and the world changes, mate. That's how, that's how it is. So, um, you know, we, we have to be prepared to do that and just be constantly trying to keep up to speed with what's going on and, and importantly, um, you know, bring the rest of the organisation along with that or bring partners along with those changes, you know. It's a pretty constant sort of um, conversation around the evolution of, that, that, you know, all of those areas, mate. So, um yeah, I, I, I just think we try to keep abreast of all those things as best as we can. But in saying that, I think you can talk about whether people are engaging with what you're doing no matter what. I mean, it, because, um, you know, the, the platform or the channel can change, but when you get in front of somebody, are they stopping and paying attention? I think that hasn't changed yet. Yeah, it's just um, uh, it's just hard to It's just hard to get there, yeah. And, and hard to say, oh, it did happen. And yeah. so... It's not on – for mine, it's not on every single post, yeah. right? But it's like when the opportunity comes, you know, is your team yeah. ready and willing and skilled enough to execute yeah. to see that, oh, we got that one right? Yeah, for Whether sure. Whether it's, you know, uh, capturing the perfect moment and putting it on the right channel in the right format at yeah. the right time, yeah. that's that's the skill piece. Yeah. Um, and- Probably the main thing that we do, we've got a um, – which I think gets lost a lot, particularly in a, a space that changes so much because you were talking about it in eSports just before saying, you know, there's already sort of a bit of a culture to say that's how we've always done it, you know, and in such a new industry, right? And, and that happens very quickly. Like that, that stuff gets established really quickly. So we try to always say, you know, associate, just ask why. 
why are we doing that? What's that about? Why? Like, and if you can't answer that, you know, in accordance to, well, we know why we're here. And so if you can't say, well, you know, why did I capture that or why did I put it on that channel? Then, you know, then you're not doing your job, I suppose. So just it's, a little yeah, bit. It's a good one uh, for any content producer or publisher yeah. to go because otherwise you just do it. You're just ticking the box. Yeah. Oh, it's Tuesday. We've got to do that thing we do on Tuesday and we've got to put it out on those platforms because it's Tuesday. 100%. Right? Yeah. And if it's like, why are we doing this? Oh, we want someone to double tap yeah. this photo Correct. so hard yeah. because it really hits them. Yeah. Or we want them to comment on it without saying leave a comment with your comment. Yeah, right? yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> right? And so it, that's the skill yeah. um, and I think that's the piece that – is a, it's a constantly developing skill, yeah. um, being able to get the tone right and get that in, get that engagement. But then yeah. also, you know, going back to having a voice of the fan and talking like the fan and yeah. and what are they saying? Well, part of that's listening, seeing how they're talking and yeah. seeing that that's a thing and and then executing that piece. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we've got a pretty – we've got a, a relatively simple strategy that we feel like works for us when it comes to Facebook. You know, it's – think the way that, you know, the algorithm's working, the way that sport cuts through that, it's either, you know, make people laugh or, that you know, laugh out loud, that laughing face emoji or the love heart emoji. If you can hit one of those two things, um, out, particularly when it comes to, like, the the storytelling around, you know, the the game or the match or the play. But if you can if you can show a side to a player that makes people laugh, see their character that way, or you know you know some fantastic post that resonates through about the working community that makes people want to hit that love heart button. That's how I think you're going to get in front of people on there. Yeah, and it and it you know and it's a, like I guess not all reactions are equal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know if we totally. want to put that on a t shirt and wear it to a social media conference. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it is exactly it. So. So we wanted to, I guess, recap a little bit, you know, where is we're in the uh, boardroom. We've just had a session from a digital dollars point of view looking at the pitch and yep. having in uh, the commercial guys uh, looking at uh, how can they how can, how can can they pitch digital, where does digital fit, what's a conversation look like with sponsors, how to go, how to go about it because it's been a backwards and forwards, it's not a – you know, it's not an overnight thing, yeah. and like like you said, you know, early on it was trying to figure it out, uh, trying to fit it in. Yep. How do you feel uh, where you're at now, um, and where the process is now? To I guess working in that in that I guess deal deal flow for use of a better term. Yeah, I mean, like I said, we're we're, we're definitely on a path. I mean, we're not we're, we're not a finished product, I don't think. But what what we really do have. Um, that was hard to get and took a long time to get is just a, a, a level of understanding throughout the business around what we're trying to do, yeah. you know, and that, that's, that was the sort of first step. Like the fact that we can have, you know, the digital team and the sales team in the room today genuinely bought into a conversation the likes that we had, um, you know, is, is, you know, some pretty significant pro- progress and I think a lot of people struggled to get to that point in the first yeah. place. Um you know, it's just because, you know, the challenge is obviously they're, they're um, you know, like I guess they're out the front of the house, right, you know, sort of like waiters or something like that. They're yeah. dealing with the partners in that sort of space who themselves have varying degrees of sort of understanding about what they're here for in the first place yeah. and, and, you know, what they want to achieve. And, um, you know, I, I just feel like the fact that they're, you know, sort of comfortable to, to sort of fly the flag from our perspective a little bit and carry that torch forward into those conversations, even to get to that point, I'm pretty 
I'm, I'm pretty proud of the fact that the business has gotten to there. So. And what I look for in those kind of workshops are mm-hmm. those light bulbs, yeah. right? And I thought there was a, you know, a lot of them happened today of um, having them understand you know, and you know when and when a sponsor is more digitally active than you yep. might think. Yeah. Right. Even having the conversation. Well, they came on board to potentially sponsor our jersey, mm. and and so that's where the conversation goes. And completely understanding that, hey, when the deal's there, do the deal. Yeah. And we don't want to bog yeah. it down. Yeah. And so it's like, cool. We don't want to bog it down either. But how do we start framing to the sponsor? Well, this is what the digital solution might look like as part of the deal. Yeah. Because I think the, the 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 type of you know I guess deal structure, if we want to put it, is pretty common in sport. Yeah. Hey, we're going to do this deal. It's going to have uh, jersey. It's going to have hospitality, and it's going to have digital. Yeah. And it's a budget for digital, right? And I think we've evolved, uh, yeah. Rabbitohs included. Yeah. Evolved from the selling off Facebook posts, yeah. right, and, yeah. and and tweets and those kind of things to now what does the solution look like? And yeah. I think, you, you know, like we said, look, you guys are close because now it's, okay, you've got a budget. How can, you know, now introduce to, to yourself and say, hey, go see Ben and we're going to walk through what we can do. Yeah. Um, and, you know, figure out what the solution is. Yeah, really, I think that comes from obviously the growing demand coming out of partners. You know, they've got an increased expectation about what they get. I mean, that structure that you spoke about in terms of digital allowance, at least in our experience, mostly came from, you know, a display and media. You know, it's, it's we know that we can drive this traffic through the site and you apply a rate card. It's as simple as that, you know. Um, but increasingly you know partners are coming to us for you know um much more bespoke sort of outcomes and um they're you know like i said there's a varying degree i suppose of sort of digital sophistication in um in the you know in the businesses that we work with but obviously increasingly they're you know much more technically savvy than they were a couple of years ago right so um with that comes an increased expectation and um, you know, and that probably has been some of the things that have happened, I suppose, internally with us as well, with our partnerships team is the fact that we've been able to get in and talk the same language as a few partners because yeah. we've had a sort of new breed of partner come along and um, and sort of, I guess, for them to see that they're picking up what we're putting down, you know, um, has helped really accelerate that sort of buy-in. So it's sort of supply and demand really, mate, the, the fact that people are asking for more than what they ha- once received. Uh, means that we've got to, again, sort of sharpen the pencil and get better at what we're delivering. Yeah, and one of the ones that we sort of broke down and had a look at was a really common common scenario and it was, you know, the deal got done and, yeah. hey, we want to, you want to do something and what's this longer-term thing and, and then you have the sponsor that goes, cool, here's the stuff, you know, hey, here's a great site, we built it, send some traffic to it and, you know, yeah. we're all hunky-dory and, and, you know, in the post-mortem of it, it was like, like how can we do this better like, does this match with what we can do? Can we deliver it? What do we need to do beforehand? Yeah. Like that piece of um, is is quite you know is quite common. Yeah. It do- does it match with what we do? Is the big one in that you know, and and making sure that again the people at the front of house are out there pounding the beat, having those conversations. A, a sort of resource to be able to explain that, you know, and and, and are comfortable in, in explaining what that is. And it's as simple as that sometimes, you know, 
you, you said it earlier that you know their key focus is obviously closing a deal, right? So they 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 want to get um they want to get the contracts lodged, they want to get it signed off, and and then um you know if there's that matter of we've got to figure it out later, then um then that's that just is what it is. But you know making sure that there's enough resource to be able to put in place the expectations as early as possible, I think that's really where what we're sort of focusing on and learning at the moment. Um, and that comes down, it's like the, the saint song, you know, you got to know your product, right? So, yep. um, you know, it's just giving guys the tools to do that. And, you know, the, I guess it was reticence is the wrong word, but like you don't want your sales guys to have to say no, Yeah. right? Yeah. But you want your sales guys to be able to say not that way, but we've got an alternative. Absolutely. And I think that's the bit that I think we had a really good conversation of. It's like, oh, we know that won't work, but we actually don't know the language to go back to them to say, no, we've got a better way. Yeah. And that's – and because you do. Like you've got, oh, we've got cases of doing this and this and this. Yeah. And and I think sort of putting more structure around that to say, oh, great, hey, this is what we're going to do. We're going to warm, warm up the crowd. We're going to yeah. do some of this stuff because our guys do some killer content in this space and, you know, and then also widen what success looks like. Yeah. Because right? sure. again, for the one that we looked at, it was like it was eventually, you know, oh, conversions. Yep. And if you're only graded on conversions, yeah, yeah. it's a tough business. 100%. I mean, it's, it's, you know, trying to have that conversation about um, the fact that it is a process to, yeah. to get to those outcomes. I mean, uh, you know, um, yeah, we, we, like I feel like, you know, again, with South's audience, you know, Rabbitoh's audience said, um, a hugely passionate group of people, right? Like yeah. the, uh, you know, talk about the, you know, a mad South fan. So that's the only kind, really, you know. And so my experience with that is, if they genuinely have a feeling that you're in the tent, you're one of them, you're in that group as a, you know, as a brand, um, the, you know, advocacy doesn't even really cover it. You know what I mean? They're they're hugely passionate about those things as well, and it's just how do we. Uh, you know, explain that to a new partner to say that's. I know that's what you want. You, you know, you want to be here and you want to be. Um, we're giving you a ticket to the club. We're, yeah. we're pulling back the velvet rope. Yeah, but you've just turned up to the club. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Right, you're just here, yeah. and so if you're just here, our fans don't know you yet. Yep. Um, let us introduce you to as many as possible. Yeah. Right, and then that's about cool. So part of your success is how many people haven't been engaged yeah. because that's what we're doing well, how many people have seen it yep. and all of those kind of things. And so you're just broadening the conversation for both digital, for the sponsorship guys, for, for everyone to go, we all had a win. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, 100%, mate. It's just, you know, you want to be on the jersey now and we talk to you about, you know, television exposure and all those sorts of things. But there's no doubt a big part of the the fact is that, you know, we, we still sell jerseys in the shop with Smith's Crisp on the front of them, you know, like yeah. uh, and, and people are so impassioned about that relationship all of a sudden. That's a, that's a stamp in time for them. So, um, you know, there's all of that as well, but it's just um, the storytelling around it, you know, it's the, the art in all of that. And that's, and that's what we did discuss because there's so many partners, sponsors, uh, marketers that are using digital so well. Yeah. Right, um, and using Google, using Facebook, optimizing, but you know, it, at, at insane levels, got to, you know, performance marketers, and if they come to a team and say, "Cool, can you just do what we do?" That's not a, it's, that's not our business. No, like, not that's, at all. That's not our business. But you've come to us for a reason. Yeah, it's about being in the tent. It's about associating with the tent. So, 
yes, we can do some of that, yeah. but that's not that's not our core business. Yeah. yeah, it's almost like you know the relationship that you have with a sports team as a genuine fan is insane in the first place. You know what I mean? It doesn't make any sense, and that you know it's we can you know I suppose. We, you know, we can we can offer a bit of that. You know what I mean? We can offer a bit of that relationship, and that's not something that you can that you can buy in many places, I suppose. So, um, but yeah, it takes it takes investment, and it takes some time to get to those points. And people, you know, obviously, you know, would would rather be able to get to the finish line immediately, I suppose. But um, you know, you can get there. You just got to you got to run the race first. And that's part of the conversation that was on today mm. to say, you know the value and the IP value effectively of being associated with the Rabbitohs. Yeah. And especially knowing all of the different social channels because if you're running social for a bank yeah, yeah. or a car manufacturer, like it's tough work, yeah. <laughs> right? And that's why, you know, so they're not really – they aren't coming for the big number. Yep. They are going, oh, you got all those Facebook numbers. They go, wow, they're still getting people liking their stuff. Yeah. They're still getting love hearts. They're still getting, you know, ha-has. Yeah. How are they doing that? Yeah. And it's – and it's passion, identity, fandom. It's all those things, good and and good content. Because yeah. you're not doing all those things, you're not getting those results. Yeah. And so that's where the corporate marketer is hamstrung, which is what you want to leverage on. It's what you want your corporate sales team to know. Oh, that's a thing. Yeah. They're coming to us because their Facebook strategy or their Instagram strategy or their digital strategy is just not. It's falling flat. Yeah. And so how can we? Give the, get them the results they want, uh, tick the boxes they need to tick, um, give them multiple wins. That's I guess that's your challenge in the commercialization piece and work with the sales team. It is, yeah. You know, try to – a slice of that insanity, mate, how we try to give them a little bit of that. But And, again, I think you can get lost in – even on the other side, you can get lost in a lot of those same sort of metrics in terms of – um, you know, how are we doing this as well as everybody else in terms of how we manage, um, you know, social and whatever else. But at the end of the day, you know, our why for all of that is to connect to that with people, you know, to connect to that passion. So, And that's and that's a bit that I find uh, tough and it's, you know, it's a bit of, hey, when someone says who's doing it really well, like I'd love to favour clients, right, and say yeah, Rabbit, yeah. which I do and I will say the Rabbit is doing well. But also if you don't, if you're not inside the, the headquarters, you don't know what the objective is. Yeah. You don't know why or what they're trying to do with all the different partners um, to know is it working or yeah, not um, because you can look at, oh, it's not getting many likes or not. But if the objective is to get the, you know, 10 key people in the room and you get the 10 key people, yep. then, then, it's, then it's good to go. Yep. So, Ben, uh, I want to finish off with the uh, Sports Geek Closing 5. Yep. Uh, do you remember the first sports event you ever attended? I, I do. Um, it, w- it would have been rugby league at uh, Penrith Panthers match. Okay. Uh, you know, in the 90s at some point, Greg Alexander and um, those guys running around uh, on the beer hill with my old man, I'd say. Okay. Um, and you would have been a few sports events in time. Do you have a favourite food memory or a go-to food when no, you no, go to a my, game? My go-to is just always a meat pie. Meat it's pie? Simple as that. You know, no matter where I am, walk downstairs, you know, get out in the lines and get a meat pie, mate. That's me. I yeah. can pretty much tell you about meat pies around venues in, in Australia and where, where the good ones are and so where the bad ones like are. It sounds like a Twitter account. <laughs> yeah, or it could a, be. Or, right. you know, a sponsorship activation. Yeah, there you go. Out. There you go. We're still creating content right now. <laughs> Uh, look forward to a new pie sponsor coming on board. Yeah. We've got uh, a great one, Garlo's Pies. Oh, there you go. See, so now he's getting sponsor reads inside my podcast. <laughs> that's, that's two you've got. Yeah. I'll have to send you an invoice for those. <laughs> um, what's the first app you open in the morning? 
it's, mate, it's probably Instagram, Facebook or pages. Okay. Um, check out how we're going here. Um, who is someone you suggest the podcast listeners should follow and why? Uh, well, I was, I was just thinking podcasts when you mentioned this before and uh, it's kind of been going through my head. Uh, Dan Carlin Hardcore History Podcast yep. is an awesome podcast but the reason I've been thinking about it in this conversation is because they sort of talk about – he talks often about like the rise and fall of different empires and he talks about – you know, that austerity of like wooden clogs on the way up and silk slippers on the way down. Yep. And, it, you know, it makes me think of in some ways like the success that, you know, you can have in sports landscapes when your back's against it and you have to be harder. You know, the poker machines thing for us, which really led us to be what we are today. Um, I don't know if that's the strange answer for you, mate, but I reckon it's a cool podcast anyway, like this one. It's a good one. I mean, I can't wait for the, uh, you know, the... Uh Hardcore history on the social media digital, <laughs> yeah, you know, you know uh, area. Um, you know, maybe we'll do a MySpace one first, and yeah. uh, then might do a Vine one, and then yeah. who knows a Facebook one. Yeah, you just sure. don't, you don't know where it is going to be in the end. Uh, so that leads us into the last question: what what social media platform is your MVP? May uh, answer it maybe personally and and from the Rabbitohs point of view. Yeah, I mean. Uh, I'd probably say they're both the same. I think Instagram's really the the guy at the moment, you yep. know. Um, and so, if you're looking at Instagram from a Rabbitohs point of view, yep. is it really the the story element, or are you, are you trying to figure out new ways around the feed? Yeah, I, I mean I, both. Um, but I just think it's um, you know it's it's just a it's a different engagement. It's it's obviously a highly engaging platform, um, but it's it's got a you know I think you need two definitive strategies between stories and feed, obviously, yeah. right? And um, so what's so give us a bit of a rundown of what they are. Now. Well, I mean, uh, obviously, frequencies in stories a little bit different, right? We we can obviously tell more of a um, sort of snapshot in time story about what's going on, and you know, obviously, they've harpooned Snapchat a little bit with that, and um, you know, so it's a similar strategy that we had over there. But I guess the reason you know people come to it for that, and then you've also got that like my life is so great um, Instagram feed sort of vibe as well, and. Um, but look, selfishly as well, coming from, I guess, a content background, um, you know, I love photography, I love videography, and I think it's a good platform to sort of highlight some of those sorts of things. In it just opened cool so well. It pretty much said it's got to look great yeah. and high ends there and, you know, and I guess you can still take some great photos with your phone, but yeah. it set that bar yeah, for of sure. that's where it is. Have you, because we've had the uh, the test of not seeing how many likes. Yeah. Have you seen any like again? This is a yeah. question without notice. If you yeah. haven't looked at the set, have you seen any changes in the Rabbitohs no, account? No, to be honest, I haven't. I haven't looked. I, I, you know, yeah, no, I don't know, Sean. To okay, be honest, no, mate, I, 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 don't, I don't expect that it will be. I don't think that people probably really engage with our content in a competitive sort of way. You know, yeah. so that I didn't really see that as much of a expect it to have much of an effect on us as long as we can see it and we see if we're getting in front of people if it's working for them you know that's yeah. all that matters i think it was more of a uh you know a play on the you know the the influencer the insta yeah. influencer and the oh, i'm posting this ding enough likes i'm deleting it well it's definitely oh. interesting you know even from a player perspective you know and especially new breed and younger sort of player i mean there's even a bit of that there you know um around some pressure around what you put on those sorts of things and building your brand as an individual athlete. And it's going to be, I think it's more, much more interesting in that space than, you know, the brand space. Uh, definitely. Um, 
where and how can people connect with you on the internet? So if they've listened to this podcast, they want to connect and learn more, where um, is the best place? Where I'm, I'm where the internet exists. I'm at, I'm all over the place. I'm on, you know, LinkedIn, all those sorts of things. So Ben Kling on LinkedIn will we'll put your details in uh, What's your Twitter handle or Insta handle? Mate, I'm not, I'm actually not a personal um Twitter guy, you know, I'm pretty involved in the club here. And similarly with Instagram, Matt, I've got so I did have an Instagram series for a while, um, which I wouldn't recommend, um, yeah. you know, to, to anyone, especially someone who's supposed to do this professionally. But, um, you know, uh, you know, an Instagram where I was trying to inspire people with completely non inspiring yeah. posts. So if you want to follow that, uh, El Clinko on okay. Instagram. So, you so, can catch so then as someone, and this is completely awesome, yeah. as someone who's not. So how do you like because you're on via the team accounts? Yeah. How do you stay in touch with different things yourself on like platform platform trends that kind of thing? I'm a big consumer, just not a big post. So no, I spend yeah, no, that's time, good. Yeah. Liz, that's a that's just a genuine question because there's yeah. a lot of you know lurkers and you know yeah. uh, uh, watchers yep. uh, of the space and yeah, it's always fascinating because there's shouters and you know i guess i'm one of them I'm, yeah. you know i'm a content creator in this space yep i'm also a massive local like i i watch and consume as much as i yeah. to, to see what people are saying whereas there are people that are you know tweet treat twitter or instagram it's like their town hall and yeah they're chatting totally. to everybody and yeah you know chatty kathy style and it's like that that's you know that's not me and yeah. again it's different personas but yeah. i'm always interested in you know how you keep up or watching trends and stuff like that because you can always dive into your own accounts and and the analytics and that kind of stuff but um no nah, again it comes back to that i think what a, a the Probably the primary characteristic of someone who's strong in digital is someone who's learning all the time. So I, I spend a lot of time looking at case studies and you know listening to podcasts like this and things like that to to find out what you know what's working and what's not and what people are doing. Um, and then I just you know personally just employ really bad strategies that you know fly in the face of all of that for my own accounts. So that's what, no, that's called <laughs> see what doesn't te- work. Yeah. That's called testing, mate. Yeah, that's called sure. testing. Yeah. Oh, well, Ben, thank you very much for coming to the podcast. Uh, all the best for the Rabbitohs for the rest of the season, and uh, we'll catch up soon. Thanks, man. Cheers. New workshops on audience, content, distribution, valuation, and pitch following Sports Geek's Digital to Dollars process. Go to digitaltodollars.com. Thanks again to Ben Klink uh, for, his com- for the conversation. You can connect with him on LinkedIn and you can follow all things Rabbitohs, uh, rabbitohs.com.au and follow Rabbitohs on all socials to see how they go in the NRL finals. You can find this episode and links uh, to things that we did mention on that podcast at sportsgeekhq.com slash 248. Um, as discussed, the digital dollars process that we uh, that we sort of run through with uh, the Rabbitohs were sort of born out of the work that we've done with them over the years um, in helping them understand their audience, looking at the data side of their audience um, and what they're consuming um, from a content point of view and then having that the nuances around their distribution on the, what their channel strategy was and really a lot of the work that we've done recently has been around knowing their value both from a, a content creation point of view uh, but then also what the value is to uh, the sponsor, and also diving in on what they actually want, uh, which is getting into that know your pitch. So, if you're interested in either the the total process um, or parts of that process, um, whether it be the first three, effectively work for any business, um, whether it be sport or otherwise, uh, just get your digital strategy and content plan sorted. Happy to discuss how we can help. 
uh, help you, whether it's a league, team, athlete, coach, or, or business. Um, to, you know, so get in touch and to know more, you can go to digitaldollars.com or as always, you can send me an email, sean at sportsgeekhq.com. Uh, thanks again for listening. If you've got this far, um, I'd really appreciate a review on a platform that uh, that you use. Uh, you can go to uh, sportsgeekhq.com slash Apple Podcasts, as they're now called, um, and leave a review for the 140 of you that have already done so, making it one of the highest reviewed podcasts in the sports business world. Thank you very much. And until next episode, my name is Sean Callanan, and you've been listening to Sports Geek. Join Sports Geek Nation access to exclusive Slack and Facebook groups with regular Q&A sessions with Sean Callanan. Go to sportsgeeknation.com to join. Need help with your digital rate card? Not sure how to price your assets? Is there a disconnect between digital and commercial? That is where Sean works best in digital divorce counselor mode. Book a time for a call with Sean to discuss the Sports Geek process. Go to sportsgeekhq.com slash phone call. Go to sportsgeekhq.com for more sports digital marketing resources.